took what 114 right club episodes but we finally got weird al yankovic <laughs> on the show and of course it's got to be the one for food horror weird al's eat it leads it off welcome this is the fright club podcast i'm george wolf i'm hope madden and we are from madwolf.com and this week we are back live at the gateway film center <laughs> High Street, Columbus, Ohio, heart of the Ohio State University. Great crowd tonight, as I was hoping it would be. I thought it would be, because we have a treat tonight, and we will get to that in just a little bit. But we got a lot of great feedback last week. We had our our friend, uh, Dark Dave, uh, guested on the podcast again last week. As we counted down, boy, it really turned out to be a very popular subject, Hammer Horror. It was, and it was another one. So Dave has been on uh, once before, and he chose Vincent Price the last time. He likes your sort of classic throwback movie. So he picked Hammer. Uh, it was a great topic. Tons of people were really happy about it. D. Zach was happy about it. Uh, Hugh Jackman, that can't be right. Um, I'm sure if he had tweeted me, I would have remembered that. <laughs> no, it's Monty, who we just met a second. That's right. Just Monty came in was happy a minute about ago. it. Lisa G was really excited about that Kate Bush song. Yeah, yeah, we got that Kate Bush song that we didn't realize called Hammer Horror. Yeah, so we clearly. just discovered that one. So yeah, so that yeah. was a big. There were some complaints. I think Silas was the whiny pants because we didn't really. You could do a whole podcast on just Hammer Horror colon boobs. You could. <laughs> and maybe like, we should. And 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 I would. think we're not going to. But <laughs> so <laughs> Silas was I think irritated that none of those made it. But they didn't. There were like 260 movies. And, it, and what I thought was really cool was that Dave brought four that weren't on mine. So we actually got to talk about nine total. Yeah. So that was nice. It was, it was quality and quantity. It was. Last it was week. quality and quantity. Talking about Hammer Horror. Yeah. And um, also Corey, our friend Corey, right? Senior Aussie correspondent Corey Metcalf. That's right. Of the Triple Cast. He was talking about the podcast before. He was upset that Happy Birthday to Me didn't show up, which we all agree he had to be kidding. That movie blows. <laughs> and he was he waffled, really. Um, but then, kindly, he had us on his podcast, which is you can find right this minute on Golden Spiral Media. We co-host the Triple Cast podcast, and we talk about a movie that we didn't realize George disliked as much as he does. Dead Alive. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right? I know. Right? Way to, way to turn him against me right now. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, that's a... We joined uh, Corey and his uh, co-host, John McGrail. We had a spirited conversation where I kept apologizing that it's just not my bag. But uh, I, I realized you guys had a lot of fun with it, and we had a lot of fun on the, uh, on the podcast. So, yeah, you can find that. And also, we want to say hi to Chuck, who checked in, a uh, new listener. Thanks for listening. And he asked, he sent us a message, yeah. wondered if we'd ever covered the movie The Changeling. And it's, it's actually never made one of the lists. We've talked about it. We have it. talked about it. The Haunted House one. And yeah, George a C. Of Scott. Them, yeah, but yeah. it's never actually made one of our, our top five lists. So my apologies, Chuck. That's all right. Well, we appreciate it and always appreciate the feedback. And uh, good bonus this week. We want to thank the Gateway Film Center, as always, for hosting here. But they, supp- they supplied us with a couple of sweet prizes. The movie tonight, The Greasy Strangler. We've got a nice, hot, pink, greasy toboggan be the best dressed person in the winter and we've also got a, uh, a movie poster an official movie poster for the greasy strangler so if you didn't get a uh, raffle ticket yet we'll give you a chance to get everybody get one before we do a uh, screening you before have no we idea do the drawing. how close you were to not having prizes today 
You have no idea. Because they emailed, and I was like, ooh, for me? <laughs> and George <laughs> goes, let's raffle them off. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> I'm always just the poop on the party, aren't I? <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll do that right before the movie. But we got to get to it. Yeah, the category, the topic, the theme this week is food in horror, hence the Eat It from Weird Al Yankovic. So, as we always do, we got to run down Hope's Rules. <laughs> for the countdown. What are they this week with food? So so mainly, uh, food has to be a prevailing theme throughout the whole film. So it can't just be, so yeah, seven, there is that crazy great spaghetti scene, right? But that's really the only time they eat. Whereas, let's say, Trolls 2, the whole movie is about eating food. Trolls 2, by the way, is not going to make this list. Or, for example, also, <laughs> the stuff, right? Which is a, it was very close. It, I'm never allowed to do six at one of these because we run long. So... If we had fuzzy math, the stuff would have been on here. But this, I can talk about it right now because that's the whole idea. The entire thing is about consuming food and how it's going to affect you. So that's really what we are going to cover is food is a main theme and not just like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dinner scene, a great scene. Yeah. It's, it's got to be more than that. Or old boy, the octopus. Yes. You know, very you know, memorable. I just wanted to show that. I just wanted to show the octopus scene on this on the screen. That's all I did. But. I'm not going to. All right. So those are the ones, the rules that... <laughs> a collective... Oh. So those are the rules for things that didn't make it, but we've got some good ones that did. We did. And if you are ready for the trailers, we'll start off with number five in our food horror countdown, and it's a seemingly friendly farmer and his sister kidnapping unsuspecting travelers and burying them alive, using them to, to create the special meat they're famous for. From 1980... Motel Hell. You want us to uh, register? No, that won't be necessary. What are you doing? My hair curled. Whatever. Vincent, you think in the years to come, people will appreciate us for what we're doing here? I heard, I heard some people saying it before we hit the trailer, so say it with me if you know it. It takes all kinds of critters to make, to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. fritters. Darn right. That's, That's the right. theme here. And it's it's Rory Calhoun, former matinee auto Rory Calhoun, in a role that was actually offered to Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, wow. That yeah. would have been awesome. It would have been. But uh, Rory Calhoun takes it, and he's back. And, and Nancy Parsons, who's one of those... We talk a lot about actors that are that are that guys. Yeah. For so many years, she was a that woman. Like all through the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, they're perfect as this couple that's got some uh, some plans for uh, Cliffy from Cheers and yeah. some other people, too. <laughs> there's something. We did, a, we did a cannibal podcast not that long ago, and there's something I noticed. People are always eating, they're cannibalizing swingers. Like swingers are always the prey, <laughs> and that's the case in this, and that's, that's how they, they decide. They're, uh, they're, exactly. That's how they decide that they're they're doing the right thing, you know, by the world, is that they're feeding hungry people and they're getting rid of the, the waste of society. Yeah, and it's kind of like the theme from, you know, the 80s slashers. When the kids had sex, you know they were going to die. So it's kind of that same type of theme. It is. And they, this is a terrible movie, but in the best possible way. <laughs> and, um, and and it's funny because I watched it a lot when I was young with people who don't like horror movies. And, I'm, and that everybody's, oh, it's not going to be scary. But it's very disturbing, right? The gurgling head sacks <laughs> they just stay with you and the truth is i've loved this movie this is the first horror movie i ever watched 
We watched it on Cinemax at Melinda Hirschberger's house for her 10th birthday sleepover. <laughs> because Mrs. Hirschberger was a little lax in her parenting and, in fact, would later shoot Mr. Hirschberger and earn the nickname Sure Shot Hirschberger or Sure She for short, although he survived, so she wasn't that sure a shot. The point is, I have loved this movie <laughs> since my first ever sleepover, and every time we get to talk about it, I'm excited. And by the way, the gurgling head sacks, one of my favorite punk bands, <laughs> you know, I like that first album before they sold out, you know, they're great. But uh, yeah, Motel Hell, it's got, it actually um, was, originally the screenplay was a lot darker and more disturbing piece with bestiality and a lot more violence and really dark edges before it turned into the really the horror comedy that it is. Somebody should make that movie. Ooh, I like where your head's at, or your, <laughs> your gurgling head sack. So that is from 1980, number five on our list of food horror. It is Motel Hell. Welcome. Come on in. Be sure. Hey, people that just came in, be sure to get a, a um, raffle ticket before we uh, end here, and we'll do a raffle for some sweet, greasy prizes. So Moving up to number four on our list, it's the infamous story of Sweeney Todd, who sets up a barber shop down in London, which is the basis for a sinister partnership with his fellow tenant, Mrs. Lovett. Sweeney Todd. Fifteen years dreaming, I might come home to a wife and child. Benjamin Barker. Not Barker. Sweeney Todd now. I will have vengeance. I will you're poking mad. The years, no doubt, have changed me. How about a shave? At last, my arm is complete again. If you're a regular Fright Clubber, you know, and actually I was talking to, to Claire a little bit before about how I'm the musical fan here. You don't, you don't normally like musicals, no. but you like this one. I do like this one. And I never realized how much I liked Johnny Depp until this movie. So this movie is, what to me, what Chocolat was to the rest of the world. I was like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Alan Rickman also, though. Oh, Alan, Alan Rickman is great. He's, and he is. He is so perfect in this movie. And their song together, and again, I don't really dig the songs, and I, uh, I loved it. It was super creepy. And who knew Johnny Depp was such a good singer? And yeah. the Oscar-nominated Johnny yeah. Depp. And he had to pass because the, the musicals from Stephen Sondheim, who's particularly known for being, you know, very particular about his work, and he's great. And he had to pass, he had to give the, the blessing for, to Johnny Depp to get this role, that he could handle some of the songs uh, that, in a manner that he thought would fit the movie. And because, you know, you got to trim, trim things for a movie running time, there's a lot of... A lot of the songs from the original show that got left out, but it's still, I think it That's really... That's crazy to me, because this movie is two and a half hours long. I know. Long. Well, it had to trim some songs, as, as, like I said, a lot of times these adaptations do, but it still works. It, it moves along very nicely. You said it still is has a decently long running time, but it doesn't really feel bloated at all. No. And and even though it, it, it trims some songs, I think one of the things that Tim Burton wanted to do was make sure it was good and bloody. Yeah. And it was good and dark, and I think he did that. And that's uh, the combination, just the way the way he films it, the way the, the theme is, and, of course, letting it be a little bit bloody just really adds to it, I yeah. think. Yeah, and all the performances are great, and Helen Bottom Carter is like the ideal goth in any movie. She's always awesome. She can sing really well, too. She makes a great Mrs. Lovett. If you're not familiar with the story, it's actually the story is older than Dracula. It's from a Penny Dreadful. It's, it's forever old. I love the story that uh, he kills people, and then she grinds them up and sells them in her meat pies. I think that's outstanding. And it really, I think, <laughs> given the time that the story was written, it was just a comment on overpopulation and poverty problems in London. So it was almost like, a, well, this would fix it, you know. 
sort of a, uh, which you can see, get carried, that gets carried out through a lot of horror films right up to uh, We Are What We Are, which we love. Oh, yeah. It goes, goes back to 1846, the first, the first appearance of the character Sweeney Todd in a story called The String of Pearls. And, and, yeah, you talk about the pies. They actually had a food stylist taking care of all these pies. Her name was Catherine uh, Tidy, and she estimates she made about 600 pies. 600 <laughs> for the... Uh, for the film, and I guess they said that they they looked pretty awful, but they they didn't taste that bad when they actually had to taste them. And what were they actually made of? I don't know. Mm. Human human body parts. Mm-hmm. Let's just go with that. Sounds good. Sweeney Todd is one that uh, if it if it's one that you like as a musical, so you know it's got to have that, yeah. that that dark edge to it, and it really does. In fact, I think the second time maybe that we went back and saw it and and started talking about this for another podcast where it made the list. I liked it even better, I think, yeah. the second time. It's it's really well done. And for some reason, maybe I'm wrong, I think it gets forgotten about a lot of times. It, it did really well the year it came out. It's 10 years old this year. It came out in 2007. It was nominated for three Oscars. It was a big financial success, which was a surprise because Tim Burton hadn't had one in a long time. Johnny Depp hadn't had one in a long time. And it was a two-and-a-half-hour musical. So yeah. I think that was a surprise to everybody. But I don't think it has really sort of held up yeah. as well as maybe it should have. Well. We're here to change that. That's right. Number four on our list of food horror, it's Sweeney Todd. And moving up to number three, one that just came out uh, last year. It's a love story set in a community of cannibals in a future dystopia. In a desert wasteland in Texas, a muscled cannibal breaks one important rule. Don't play with your food. It's the Bad Batch. All of us here, we weren't good enough, smart enough, young enough. All the things you've done have put you right here with me. This here is the Bad Batch. Now, this is the second feature from director Anna Lily Amanpour, who, did anybody see A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? I mean, such a great, great movie. See and it. See it right now. I mean, not right now. Wait, give it like two hours, but see it. Yeah, this is her second feature. And while we didn't like it quite as well, it still shows that she really has an eye and a style and is really one to to keep a watch about what the future future work she's going to come up with. Oh, her style is amazing. It really the is. The soundtrack to this movie is is crazy, insanely great. The way she paces things, the way she frames things, and the, the concepts. A lot of the concepts are very similar to... Uh, a girl walks home alone at night. You've got this female outsider character, and she's she's kind of a nonconformist and, and, and finds a way to remain a nonconformist but also sort of find a community. She also makes some really great comments about American culture in this film. You've got one community that seeks comfort. So to sort of make it through the day, they, they, you know, there's a lot of religion and drugs and, and, uh, and just comforts that they look into. And then the other, sort of the beautiful people feed literally on the weak. So the uh, me- metaphor isn't really hidden there. No, not very. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Um, and Jason Momoa is fucking huge. Oh my god! I um I've seen him in, but I've never seen him in a movie before this movie. And I was just like, damn, he's like the total eclipse of the cast. Um, <laughs> but he's really he's impressive. You're you know you're not gonna screw around with him. There are a lot of people that were surprisingly good to me in this movie. So Jim Carrey, great. You may not have even realized it was him. He was great in this movie. Keanu Reeves was great in this movie. He was great. He had this weird Andy Kaufman vibe yeah, about him. Yeah. He was like sort of bloaty and weird with this crazy mustache. He was great in this movie. And then Suki Waterhouse, who plays the lead, was magnificent. It opens 
as well as any movie I've seen in the last five years. The opening sequence is is breathtaking and, and magnificent. It never really reaches that, again, the rest of the film. But the entire film is incredibly well-made and compelling. And I don't think after the first 20 minutes you're going to think of it as a horror movie, but it sticks with you and uh, makes a lot of interesting points and looks spectacular. So I, I loved it. Yeah, and it's also, keep in mind that uh, with all the, with the main character there being an amputee, there are, it's all practical effects. There were no CGI effects. Uh, Armand Poor was very insistent on that. And I think they, they came up with it. Like you said, it looks great. And, and, and it's another, I think there's kind of a little bit of a trend moving back to practical effects lately, and I like it. I do too. Also, I think no director knows what to do with a skateboard as well as Anna Lily <laughs> that is That is no doubt. And that's from just last year, <laughs> The Bad Batch, number three in our list of food horror. Moving up to number two, we're excited because it's the one we're going to see tonight. Big Ronnie running a disco walking tour with his son, Braden, and just hilarity ensues. It is the Greasy Strangler. Hello. I'm calling because I think it just might be possible my dad, Ronnie, is the Greasy Strangler. Now you probably think I'm the Greasy Strangler. I never said that. Tell you a secret. I am the Greasy Strangler. Hey, I call bullshit on that. <laughs> I could feast on that queen's ass all night long. Uh, okay, so so, how many people have not seen it? All right. Yay! Oh my God. Yes. This Whoa. is gonna be great. This is gonna be so. You're great. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> we know really be, because when it first came through, we saw it here at the Gateway. You know, on a random afternoon. Yeah. And it, then it was here and gone, and, and so many people missed it that we've been talking for a while. We've got to have that on the schedule. Uh, and I'm so glad so many of you came out tonight because you're in for a treat. And because of that, we're, we don't want to say too no. much about it. No. And, you know, because you'll, you'll find out here in a, in a little bit. There's but just nothing a quick like anecdote. So the, the dead alive story, right? I sometimes don't know what George is not going to like. Right? I'm, I don't know. And we saw this movie together, and we were, again, we were like 10 minutes in, and I'm like, he, he hates this, right? Does he, does he hate this movie? Turns out, no. Turns out, George, it took you a little bit, right, for it to sort of seep in, and then you just loved it. Well, you know, after about the 75th bullshit artist, <laughs> it had me. It had me. You know, <laughs> interesting, the, fir the first cut of this movie, I guess, was about two hours and 20 minutes long. So, you know. Even more grease, even more oil, I guess. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we'll probably skip away here in a little bit and talk about it amongst ourselves and put it in the podcast when we get it all edited down. And just like that, we've ducked into an empty theater as we like to do because we don't like to spoil things for the crowd. There's so many people haven't seen it, especially nice. tonight. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be so great. But and really, when you're talking about. <laughs> The Greasy Strangler. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, the first thing you want to do is start quoting. You yeah. know, bullshit artist. <laughs> you know, hootie tootie, disco cutie, whatever. Say it over and over again. But it's so unlike really anything you're going to see. And it just kind of just burns a hole in your brain so that you never forget it. I'm going to steal D-Zach's explanation of it Long time again. fright clever D-Zach. That's right. Because he said, which was so perfect, if John Waters had made Napoleon Dynamite, it might have been this movie. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like that. That's perfect. There's so much going on. You got to start right at the top with Michael St. Michaels. Nice. As Big, Big Ronnie. Big Ronnie. I mean, he's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my God, those teeth. Yeah. That hair. That yeah. merkin. <laughs> the merkin. There's a lot of full frontal male genitalia. Well, there's in a this lot movie. of uh, full frontal all manner. everything. Yes. But yeah. They go out of their way when you look into the movie to say it's all prosthetics. Oh, of Merkins. It is. Clearly it is. But man. No question. <laughs> there's just so much that is unforgettable about this movie and when it's included in this countdown. Why is it why is it a food why is it food horror? Because so there's a there is a killer on the loose, the greasy strangler. The greasy strangler. It's some sort of a growling monster completely covered in head to toe with grease. Right. And as far as we know, apropos of nothing, Big Ronnie really likes a lot of grease with his food. He, does. he likes to pour a lot of olive oil on his grapefruit in the morning. He likes to dunk his hot dogs in a vat of grease. The, this Even is though the, it means the hot dog vendor might lose his license. He might lose his license. <laughs> That's entirely true. It's just, and it's funny because uh, the thing about this particular movie is that I can almost not stomach watching it. And it's, it's, 95% of it is just the food. It's just, it is. It's the food situation that they have there. But it's a very... It's not all the gratuitous nudity and ass shots. No. And, no, it's the food. No. There's also a lot of really active farting, which I'm not a huge <laughs> fan is. of. Yeah, there then is. there's this one nose situation. Oh, God. But the point is, food is a big, is a, is a big running theme here. And if yep. Braden doesn't get his shit together, he mm. might get evicted. Right. And keep in mind, he's shit scared. <laughs> I think you've got to give this movie credit for introducing the term shit scared. Oh, my God. Which is a the glorious best. term. It is. It it's is a, a glorious gl term. So the, the thing about this movie that's so great, it's one of those things where they, they have a bit, they have a joke. The joke is absolutely not funny. Right. But they won't let it go for a good solid eight right. minutes. And by yeah. the end of the eight minutes, you're like, I've had a stroke. This is hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly right. It's, Yeah. <laughs> That's why, as you could tell, we were so excited when so many hands went up a little bit ago when we said how many people have not seen this right. movie, which is one of the reasons we wanted to put it on the schedule because, as we said, it, it came and went so quickly. Right. And then the people that did see it were so, oh, my God, have you seen it? Let's talk about it. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's also just... It's not like, you know, some of the ones we've shown, like A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night or things that are just beautiful to look at, you know, right. glorious to look at in, in a big screen. This is, this is, it's not so much what it looks like, although it looks great. Very pink. Really awesome. It's the idea of seeing it with a crowd. It's, yeah. you know, it's yes. to see the crowd reactions, to react along with a crowd. It's really worth seeing with a group if it you have really the possibility. It really is. It's so much fun. And you can't, you have to mention the soundtrack. I oh, mean, you can't dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Talk about burrowing a hole into your brain. Uh, so let's talk about, first of all, the director, the writer-director, Jim Hosking. Yeah, and it's funny. Before this film, the only thing he'd really done that I'd seen, he does one of the shorts in ABCs of Death mm -hmm. 2. G is for Grandpa. And it's there are some similarities. There are men in their underpants. There are some unhealthy <laughs> familial situations. You know, and it's 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 a short. And, it, and the ABCs of Death short, they're very, very short, like two or three minutes long. But it's funny. And gross and weird. So uh, I could see him moving from that to this. But what I think is awesome is that his next film is called An Evening with Beverly Luff-Lynn. Nice. Exciting. But it's, uh, it's not a horror film. It's a comedy starring Aubrey Plaza, Jermaine Clement, and Craig Robinson. And? Big Braden. Big Braden. That's right. Sky Elobar. Yeah. 
Big Braden, he does have a part in it. So we're looking forward to No Michael St. Michaels, though. Well. How great is that name? It's so So that's Big Ronnie is Michael St. Michaels. And you know what? we got to give out props to Elizabeth Durazo, who plays Janet in The Greasy Strangler. Yeah, and it's funny. If, when the first time you see it, her her character, her performance is considerably more subdued. Yes. Right? Than well, Big compared Ronnie, to Big those Braden. two. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, and she shares scenes with them, you know, exclusively. But when you see it a second time, you really... She, it's a great, it is a, it really is, it's a great performance. Yeah. And she has her own very impressive Merkin. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can tell, we love the movie and we got to get back in there and watch it with a crowd. Yes, Because that's excited. the way to do it. Because as you mentioned, so we saw it, we saw it when it first came out. It was there for a very brief time. We saw them in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday or Sunday. Might have been one other person in the theater. Yeah. So it was fun to watch it, the two of us. Too. That was fun. Yeah. But, but now I'm excited to, to see this, it with right. a big room full. That'll so, be fun. So let's get back in there. We don't want to say anything about it. We don't want to spoil anything for the people that haven't seen it, the people that have. You know what you're in for. And thank you for coming back because it's worth it. So that is number two from just last year, The Greasy Strangler, on our list of food horror. And that leaves just number one. But before we get to that, um, first of all, if you haven't been to a Fright Club before, thank you very much for coming. And uh, what do we got? And we do this every Second Wednesday of the month, uh, we do the live show here uh, at Gateway. So we've already got scheduled for next month. And what do we got? We're going to show Big Bad Wolves. It is an Israeli film. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a bit difficult to watch, but it's incredibly, incredibly well-made and devastating. And the podcast is going to be on Middle Eastern horror, which is, yeah, a good topic. I haven't seen anybody else do. So that should be fun. I'm excited. I also want a quick shout out. We have almost an entire Mad Wolf pack here today. Yeah. So writers, Rachel Willis, Christy Robb, and Matt Wiener are all here. Cat was supposed to be here so we would have the full Wiener cat, but she didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, they are all on our main website, madwolf.com, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. We do movie reviews of all the new movies, and uh, we're the main writers. But, yeah, they help us out so, so much, and we appreciate their help, and thanks for coming. So check out the website if you can. And we do the live one here, and then we have another podcast uh, of the month that was recorded in the studio. So we got two a month. One That's is where live. we usually have co-hosts, like your Phantom Dark Daves and your whatnots. And you can do the fuzzy math, and we can run longer. That's right. That's right. I can have six then. But, uh, yeah, but we got to get moving. I can moving. drink beer. Wait, no, I still can't drink beer. <laughs> Damn it. But since usually we're on more of a time crunch here, <laughs> which we are tonight, so we got to get up to number one. And it is the story of a former TV star plagued by the thought of her shallow and unfaithful executive husband, leaving her due to her advancing age, visits a retired gynecologist who now makes miracle dumplings. From 2004, the movie is Dumplings. And if you're, you you may already know this, if you're a fan of the Asian cross-cultural trilogy Three Extremes from 2004, this includes the same director and star, so it, it came from that. Yeah, and there was a uh, short, Dumplings, yeah. in that, that yeah. they expanded, Fruit Chan expanded to, to full length for this, and it is um, it just a, a phenomenal piece of just searing social commentary, and uh, one of the reasons I picked this trailer of the trailers is because the sound design in this movie is so unsettling, <laughs> and I think you really got that. Yeah, from the trailer, the trailer you did. It was just like, oh, crunchy and slurpy, and oh, my God. <laughs> um, Bai Ling is the name of the actress who plays the 
villain, so to speak, the villain. Spectacular. I always love a great villain. I always love a great female villain. She is so great in this movie. But the whole movie is unsettling and clever and subversive, wildly subversive, but it has this very just beautiful sheen on top of it. Yeah. Uh, I, you can tell from the trailer how, how well it looks and how, how, how real, like you said, the, the sheen on it. It looks fantastic. And, it yeah, it's subversive. And I don't think this, the social commentary, again, isn't really hidden. No. But uh, but it is. It's very, very biting and well done. Biting. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, we don't want to run long. So that's going to be all we say about dumplings. But if you haven't seen the full-length version, you should definitely check it out. It's it's unsettling. It's alarming. It's gross. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like, I mean, it's awesome, but like. Yeah, so we're going to have some fun here and watch the Greasy Strangler. By the way, if you haven't gotten a raffle ticket, please come down here in just a minute. We've got to give away some prizes. All right, so we got to wrap it up. we got to get greasy. Oh, before we go, we want to uh, remind everybody one more time of the Nightmares Film oh, Festival. Oh, can't wait. Yes, October the 19th to the 22nd, Gateway Film Center. You can get all the information, ticketing and whatnot at nightmarefilmfestival.com. It's going to be great. All right. Thank you so much. This has been the best Fright Club live crowd we've ever had. It's fantastic. Can't thank you enough. Look for this podcast. The uh, finished edited podcast is going to be out uh, probably on Monday. Look for it at madwolf.com, at goldenspiralmedia.com, also Apple Podcasts, and all the places where you get your favorite podcasts, and we hope Fright Club is one. Check it out. We love your feedback. Best way to keep the conversation going, which we pretty much do uh, with a lot of Fright Clubbers all week, is on the Twitter page, and that is Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F on Twitter. And on Facebook, we're Mad Wolf Columbus. Same for Instagram, so we love when you get in touch. So until the next Fright Club, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Say it! Nice! Thank you, guys. Chicken.